but we're on and i think we've got like 13 listens or something like that it's oh, crazy wow, really it's crazy yeah, that's probably six right. and seven six six and seven right here yeah <laughs> we ready absolutely yep this is dr bill parker and you're listening to the rhs magnet spotlight podcast Welcome back, everybody. We're back. Episode two. We we didn't get canceled after one episode, guys. We're here for episode two. Yeah, that is longevity. That's it. Do we get a union card? <laughs> I will apply for one. All right. Well, I'm Bill Parker, and, and I'm here with Eric Archella. If you remember from our first episode, we highlighted his programs. Welcome back, everybody. We decided to bring him back as a co-host to give us a little star power to this podcast. We'll see what I bring to it, but thank you. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, so last week we spent a lot of time talking about the Theater Collective, and, and part of what we want to do is we want to highlight the different programs we have. And so, Eric, we were sitting there, and I thought, well, Eric, who do we bring back for our second episode? And you said? Oh, I hands down said Brent Morton. Brent Morton. I don't know if his ears were burning. We, you know, he, we talked about him a little bit in our last episode. That's right. Brent Morton, the head of our communications magnet. Hello, everybody. Hey. Welcome, Brent. Welcome, Thank welcome. You. So we always start kind of with, with a little introduction about how, who you are and, and what you do. And, you know, when I think about you, like you've, you've got this long career, but you've got so many stories to tell. Uh, you're the only guy in this room older than me. <laughs> and um, I think about Johnny Cash. I think about his song, I've Been Everywhere, Man, because you've been about everywhere. I've been lucky. I've got to travel a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, tell us about you, where you come from, your background, and... and Kind of how you became who you are. Oh, how long is this story? Okay, we're going to do it quick. I grew up as a baseball kid. My dad played in the major leagues. So I uh, got to grow up in Florida, in Montreal, Canada, in Atlanta, Georgia. And so I got to travel a bunch there. I got to hang around with some pretty cool dudes. Uh, Dusty Baker's one of them now that we know a lot about because he finally won his first World Series. So I was that kid in the locker room that got to experience a whole lot because of that. Um, I grew up uh, the last part in high school in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's where the family's from. So if you know anything about the outsiders, that is my family. One's from the east side, one's from the west side. <laughs> I, uh, Mama was from the east side of town, the Richies. Dad was from the west side of town, which, you know, are the Greasers. Um, that's where I went to uh, junior high, and then I went to the south side, the neutral part for high school. Anybody knows Jinx, Oklahoma, that's where I went. So sorry if you don't like the old Trojans there. Um, went to uh, Southwest Louisiana. I was a raging Cajun playing baseball first two years. Uh, then went to Baylor and uh, finished. Sick'em Bears. Sick'em Bears. Uh, went to Baylor and uh, got my first degree in radio TV film from there. Got to take that super senior year long before COVID would give me that extra year of eligibility which I wish I would have had, but I finished playing ball there. Um, got my degree, decided that baseball wasn't through yet, went to Australia and played baseball for a season. Came back, thought I needed to grow up, which was so stupid of me. But uh, came back to Oklahoma, decided something that my coach at Baylor, Coach Sullivan, said, you look pretty good, son, breaking down those hitters. You'd be good old coach and 
you know, you make about 26 and a half a year and marry a woman making 26 and a half and you'd have a good life. And I kept looking at him going, I'm <laughs> not going to do any of that. And something about coming back from Australia, I worked in advertising for a second and I kept hearing his words. And the long story short in this is that I went back to get my secondary ed and social studies, um, got the job uh, from Langston University outside of UCAT which is uh, it's a conglomerate of schools in Tulsa. I went to, uh, came down here on a job interview, got a job at North Junior High as a teacher and a coach. And then uh, two years later, this job, the magnet communication job opened up. And um, very luckily, uh, both of my loves came together. Both radio, television, film, and education came together. When Randy Reed hired me uh, 20 for uh, four or five years ago. Um, that scares me to think about the years. But Did they even uh, have cameras back then? Uh, yeah, they question. had cameras. They had SVHS cameras, to be exact. Nice. And, uh, you know, we thought we were something pretty cool, not having just have regular VHS cameras. Mm. And uh, so the program has changed multiple times since that time. Uh, they, they were in progress of building the studio prior to the one we have now. And uh, so we were in that for 17 years, and we've graciously been given the facilities that we have now a few years ago because of the bond. And so it's been, uh, it's been quite a ride, and it's a, I love what I do. When I wake up in the morning, the creativity and stuff that we get to do has been pretty insane that you get to do this. It's really exciting to walk down to that corner of the building and see all the incredible things the students are doing. And um, that studio, the new studio, is beautiful. It's really, really phenomenal. When people talk about bonds, I mean, let's just, let's call it what they do. You know, when people talk about bonds, a lot of times they think about football stadiums and they think about uh, flashy scoreboards and they think about computers and one-to-one. People have like no idea the types of facilities that the bond has allowed us to put Mm -hmm. in your program down there. When you walk down there, it's like walking into a production studio. Yeah, well, it is a production studio. The communication suite, first of all, is just one of 20, 25 areas down there. There's mm-hmm. 23 classrooms that are built around me and on top of me. Um, the facility up on top that Strohmeyer runs in the Environmental Center program is ridiculous. If you want to see a greenhouse on a roof and urban living and all that. Um, and then the suite that they built for us, I have a classroom, you know, obviously full of computers. I have a studio. Uh, we call it Studio B, which is constantly in flux changing from from different sets and things that we do we have a beautiful studio um, that will rival just about anybody around Um, we have sound room green rooms control rooms that um, when you always say the word in education sometimes you laugh about it when you say cutting edge and and working to get them ready professionally sometimes you have to say that with a grain of salt because we're always a few years behind because we can't order immediately Mm -hmm. but um the, the studio there literally is professional quality work and equipment that these kids are learning on. Um, and it's the last five or six years, we've got kids that are working all over the place to make a whole lot more money than I do. Uh, some of them skip the college route to do it, but it's because of the technology and the experience they got starting with us and then moving on. Yeah, that Studio B area is really fun because they every time I go down there, there's a different setup and um, they've they've built a set. We've we've tricked it out several times for 
projects we've worked on together and it is oh, yeah. it's a cool space it does it's got you know you got green uh, green screen down there and you've got the uh, uh kind of a little soundstage area yeah. and it's just multi-purpose use right now there's auditions going for our extended short they're setting up for that we're looking for a lead by the way a male lead but anyway um uh, Archilla got to be blown up if you know the marty mcfly the first back to the future um, when they asked me to do that, I said, we're blowing up the speaker. And they said, well, you don't have to. I said, oh, no, we're doing it. And so uh, Eric got to be catapulted multiple times <laughs> back. And I think we ended up doing a pretty good job on that. But that's why, because we have that facility there to be able to do stuff that most people go, well, I don't know if we have the location. No, we've got the location. It's just whether we know how to build it and, and, and actually execute it. Yeah, for those that don't know, uh, Brent is typically the go-to person in the district for making uh, the convocation, um, the, the little shorts that we do to introduce the the convocation theme, and usually it's a, a parody of some type of movie or TV show, um, and, and Brent always cranks out a really amazing product, and um, it's uh, always super fun to work with. I appreciate that. It's It's been fun. Well, I, you know, again, you're... you're you're pretty humble there, uh, Eric, because what I'm going to tell you is this. I've, I've only been in the district 16 years, and I see where these, and you say video shorts. Some of them are not so short, actually, but um, these convocation videos, you know, when I think back, I think about Patty Keeker on a boat, and I think about Stephen Quisenberry on the top of a school bus. Um, you compare that to what we're doing now with our, with our Back to the Future theme or the uh, Tab Lasso that we did uh, did last year and, and when i say we it's really you guys i mean i mean brent you're the videographer you're the producer the director uh, eric you've now been writing these these for us now for a couple of years starring in one um but it's really a team effort because we have other teachers within the building and around the district that help us with special effects and help us with acting and stand-ins and and uh costuming i mean it's really a team effort was well, as I said last time in our in our first episode, um, all of the magnet teachers are really skilled in what they do, and so when the dis- district needs something, they've they've got um, very talented uh, employees to lean on and, and crank out some good good uh, films and products. Oh, there's no doubt. When they give me a shout and say, "Brent, I have an idea about this," and I'm <laughs> like, "Oh no!" and I go, "Hold on a second. and I literally get my team of talented people around here, and I know that's one reason, you know, they come to me. Because I do have access to some incredible, not only facilities, but multi-talented people. If we need to build something, if we need to make it look like a computer, if we need to blow something up, we literally have the people that can do it. So, Brent, I'm just going to kind of start at the beginning. You know, a lot of people talk about the communications magnet. But what I'm going to say is it's magnet communications. Absolutely. And uh, so I want you, if you would, just tell us a little bit about magnet communications uh, what we do, what the four-year progression looks like for our students, um, how it might look f- for a student coming directly from one of our feeder magnets versus a student coming from outside of the feeder pattern, and just talk a little bit about what, what that four years might look like. Well, I'm going to tell you the end all first, and this is what I'm trying to build toward. Uh, my promise is hands-on. My promise is that through the program, they're going to gain the skills and experiences to get them ready for at least through their sophomore year in college. Now, I say college, but I already just told you that we have four or five that are 25, 26, and under that skip the college route and doing real well. That's right. So my job is to try to get them ready. So how am I going to do that Um, with different experiences and kids coming from our eight junior highs, 
Plus, there are private school kids that come in also. And those are always uh, great resources and great talents coming in. Um, what I am going to do is I'm going to teach them a foundation of communications first. We're going to talk about the history of film. We're going to talk about technologies um, that started, I mean, from hieroglyphics up. We'll spend the first six weeks doing that because they need to know where we came from to get to it. They also need to see some great films and talk about why the films are done like that and start breaking things down. After that, we get into composition, camera movement, uh, some film theory. Um, one thing I've learned over the last few years, and I knew this a long time ago, but it's, it rears its head all the time. It's all about story, how you're telling story. Um, you can have a great writer and horrible shooters and you pay attention to it. If you have bad sound, then it doesn't really matter how good you shoot it. You kind of lose out the story. So we start with story and then teach them how to present it. Uh, then teach them how to shoot it, and then a lot of different uh, software to get them there. So that's, that's the start, their freshman year. Um, second semester is where we get into all production. Um, we start with montages, chase scenes, uh, PSA campaigns, all that kind of stuff, teach them different ways to tell story, and also that's where it becomes production-based from there on out. To me, whether it's, uh, you want to say CTE or whatever, the real world, and especially in, in my field, it's production-based. It's not about a piece of paper turning in unless, I mean, you're talking about script and synopsis, that's great, but it's about completing a task, getting it done, hitting the deadline, getting your critiques, your praises, learning from it, and then moving on. Correct. It's like career and college readiness. It's, it's putting the rubber to the road. Well, it's funny because several years ago, education started pushing towards project-based learning, and it was like, that's what theater and communications do. We are project-based learning. Welcome to the party, yeah, guys. Yeah, welcome to the party. Yeah. We've been here a while. so Thanks uh, for jumping awesome. in, yeah. Yeah, um, those are buzzwords, but again, it's about getting things done. You know, it's getting that story out. So that's their freshman year. Uh, sophomore year, they are working on arts. They're working on uh, Photoshop, uh, more more development, more projects as we go, trying to get them ready for their junior year, which is probably the most intensive and I would say most important year in our program. The reason I say it, it's a block, so I have them every day. Um, we do our live news show, which I will, I mean, I'll put our show up against any high school program, um, both image and talent on desk. Um, this group in particular, the reason I can say it with total confidence, this group is the one of the best, if not the best group that I've had with energy, with writing, with uh, talent. And I've had some really talented groups, um, but they're excited every day to be there and, and do it right. Yeah, that daily show called Eagle Eye is fantastic. Um, and, and we broadcast that to each classroom in the school, and they do a fantastic job every single time. And... Uh, just covering all the areas of what's happening at the school, and, and it's exciting. The the work that they put into it and Appreciate the product it. they crank out is is phenomenal. Yeah, we've uh, we've been very lucky. You know, like I said, it's great to have uh, talent and equipment, but you got to put it together to get a, a quality product out. So that's just a part of what we do that year. I'm teaching them a lot of other things, a lot of genre videos and stuff. I'm also teaching them how to work with clients. I get phone calls here and there. I mean, whether we're talking about convocation videos, and as these guys know, every time I get hired, quote unquote, to do these projects, they always know there's a kid on set. And they're on set to either shoot or to grip for me or who knows. Um, and sometimes there's a lot of them. 
And what I'm trying to do is work on their portfolios, which is what we're getting to. Um, everything in our world is about a portfolio. It's not a resume. It's not about a piece of paper. It's actually showing how good they are at what they do. And the only way to do that is to put sizzles out there, producer reels, to show their work. And so everything that we're doing is trying to work toward that. Everything that is a professional gig, a call from the outside, I get you know occasional work here and there, um, and I'm always pulling them along with it. That's part of the deal. It's never just me. It's you gotta, you're taking my team with me because we're doing it together. Um, and that's what's helped, I think, in the last few years get some kids. We've got a ton of kids at UT, SCAD. Um, we've had NYU. We've had SC, um, just to name a few of the schools. And I think a lot of it's because the experience and the portfolio they can show. And so junior year is more about that. It's also about creative. It's working narrative, trying to get them better, telling the story in the narrative world. Um, we become seniors. It is an independent studies class. Um, it can be either a one or a two period class. Kind of depends on how your schedule unfolds on that. Most of them take it as two. Mm -hmm. um, those kids are the ones that absolutely love the program, want to be together, and or this is what they're going to do in college or beyond. And so they are getting uh, a ton of work that I'm trying to work toward them to, again, expand that that convertible, whatever we call it, toolbox of, of learning and experiences. Um, and then also, you know, more work comes in. Um, we get to do all sorts of things. We're working on a JROTC um, video right now for the district. Um, we'll be shooting talent shows. We've got a couple other things that are coming. Um, we're, we're shooting the uh, Powder Puff game a couple nights from now again anything they shoot on the outside is professional experience that goes there toward their portfolio and it always culminates in the end of spring uh, we have wildflower that is the music and arts festival in richardson that comes out and they hire me to run two of the stages um, so the kids are either directing and or shooting these stage anything you see go up on those big screens most of it has to do with ours there's a combination the, the, the big stage has both professionals and our kids on it, which is great because they get to learn from the pros, plus they're putting stuff on the screen. So, again, it's all portfolio work trying to help them, whether it's get into college, whether it's their scholarships, or in some cases, like I told you a couple times now, about getting real-world jobs and going into it. His kids are all over the campus, whether it's filming – like a homecoming parade or athletic events. Sometimes they'll do multi-camera shoots of some of our productions. Sure. And they're getting just a massive amount of experience throughout the year. And I've in the times that I've been able to work with the communication kids, they are so professional and they're so knowledgeable about what they're doing. And you can tell that they've had a lot of experience under their belt. And it's it's really cool to see them work. Well, it, it's you're exactly right. And some of the things that people wouldn't ordinarily even think of, you know, uh, you know, our, our old gym, our old gym, it's, it's under capacity for the number of students we have. Uh, we're not able to have all the students in for pep rallies anymore. So anytime we have a pep rally, you know, there's, there's Mr. Morton and the students down there uh, simulcasting the, the pep rally to some of the classrooms for some of the students that, that can't come uh, due to capacity issues. Last year, kind of like literally on 24 hours notice, <laughs> Uh, I went to Mr. Morton. I said, "Hey, what if we were to live stream the basketball game tomorrow night? Uh, that Lake Highlands game, two top ten teams. Let's let's put it out there. We got permission to do it." 
And there he was. And uh, he got the team together. Uh, they came down. They they shot it. We had the scoreboard up. Uh, way better than that NFHS feed, the, the, that, that single camera mm-hmm. feed. Uh, you know, it was really great. I mean, it's just uh, I think one of the things that is, is probably a, a blessing and a curse for you, Brent, is that um, you say yes. <laughs> when, when we ask you to do things, when the district asks you to do things, you say yes. And we appreciate you for that so much. Appreciate that. That game was fun because that was our first true stream outside of the building. And we had 700 and I don't know what it finally maxed out at. But, you know, it was funny because I knew we could shoot it. I had no no doubt we could shoot it. It was could the network and the district network and everything involved handle the volume. Mm-hmm. And as it turned out, I mean, we had people at home watching it, telling me it looked great. I kept waiting for the spinning wheel of death to come at us, which means, you know, the streamer was, was paused or whatever. Right. And it never came. Um, <laughs> Buffering. <and> buffer. <laughs> but yeah, that's the spinning wheel. Um, but the great thing about it was it was a great game. Um, it was a perfect time to do it. And, you know, with the capacity and the importance of that game, my kids were totally excited and they said, yes, we can do it. I was like, all right, let's go. So it's fun. And any, any kind we get a something that's different and hadn't been done, mine get excited because they don't feel like they have to either match the years before, but they can say we've done something they haven't done. Right. It's something nobody else has done. Our that's class what did that. This class absolutely eats it up. And they're like, they want to stream the powder puff game. And I'm like, I don't know if... <laughs> That's important if we should do it or not, but well, we but, may or may not. But it's it's great because we did the basketball game, and so what happens next? You pop into mobs. You're like, we're doing the baseball game. Uh, mm-hmm. So we live streamed some baseball last year. Uh, baseball is the toughest one to shoot because the, the the distance of the field and the angles that you're trying to cover, and that was fun, and we did. We got about half of that game streamed. Yep. Well, um, I'm going to tell you, you know, I watched part of it, and um, what I was impressed with was the timing of the switching, whoever, whoever was, was leading that production, um, that you know, good. they knew when, when to, when to give the shot from home plate, when to give the shot from center field, you know, you, you could see them getting ready to give the pitch and they'd, they'd throw the pitch and then you'd see mm-hmm. the shot switch. So you could see the the play behind them. Uh, it was really great. I mean, you wouldn't have ever known it was the first time uh, yeah, that doing was, baseball. That one was crazy. You know what the fun part about that was too, is I had to figure out how to put a camera on the center field fence. And I knew that was the biggest thing to start out with because you've got to see the angle to the plate, balls and strikes, everything else. I ended up talking to some of the robotics manufacturing kids and they needed a project. What, another magnet? <laughs> yeah. And they needed a project and I said, I got one for you. And, you know, it was a put together thing, but, you know, between a little bit of metal, uh, some wood, and a lot of gaff tape, we got a camera up that streamed it until the battery died. Um, that uh, we got to put it up because it was a collaboration effort. And then on top of that, on top of all those school events you do, um, you also let them stretch their artistic legs with the 24-hour film race. Before we even get into that, everybody (laughs) just needs to understand, this is maybe my favorite thing all year. I love the 24-hour film race. Um, By the time, you know, we're recording this now, uh, the the shoots, the edits have have already been done. Um, The debut of the films publicly is going to be tomorrow night. So by the time this gets gets to production and on air, it'll be in the past. But but Brent, tell us about the 24 hour race and what it's about and how it works. So this version is called the weekend race, class versus class weekend race. 
And what it is is sophomores, juniors, and seniors go against each other. It's the old coach part of me that loves the, the competition of it. I also love it because I have done some of these, and I've watched a bunch of them. You can put the monsters, which are supposedly the, you know, the professional film guys, the best ones out there, and you try to get something together, whether it's 24 or 48, it doesn't always happen. And it's about getting the idea, it's about writing it, executing it, and then getting it edited in time to get it on screen. The race part is absolutely amazing. And so what they do is on a Friday, which last Friday, get together, we draw props, quotes, elements, locations, cinematic techniques, and a magic number. And then they have to smoothly, supposedly, smoothly integrate these into that five-minute film. I then go out and get judges. I've kind of changed it. It's morphed a little bit. I really like the way it's done. One of the few things because of COVID, um, I, um, we have judges that are alumni of ours that I send the videos to virtually. They grade it. They, they narrow the field down from whether it's eight or nine to four. And then the judges come in and they get to watch them all. And then they judge those final four for a winner. And so this way, there's actually somewhere between six and eight judges that view their films. They get their critiques and praises um, either on paper or live. Um, and I think that's the best part to me besides them having fun and learning is that they're not hearing my voice. I'm the MC of it. Um, I'm not the one judging. They've already, they've already hit me over and over again. What do you think? What do you think? And I went, you know what? Hold off until... Hold off until Wednesday night. Let the judges tell you, and then if if you haven't heard enough yet, then I'll give you my idea, you yeah. know, my my views on it. Um, and so, as I've seen, hey, we shot some really pretty stuff. There was some good story. We'll see what the judges think. Um, but this is uh, something that we've been doing for sixteen years now. Sixteen years—that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> it is. All right. So, so. You said, you know, because I remember we used to have some celebrity-ish type of judges. Uh, um, but you know what? You said it's some of our recent grads, some of our past grads that are in the industry. Just give the folks at home, the listeners, an idea of the types of people that we have that, that came through our program that are actually working in industry and what they're doing. We've got um, the last couple of years. Well, I mean, I can give you a long list, but the, the short of it are judges. Um, this year we have... We have two that are in L.A., one who is a union camera assistant, camera op, uh, which means there's 300, over 300 hours of paid work that they've done in the industry to get their card, which is a big deal. Um, the other one out there on that coast, on the left coast, is, uh, is a guy who's uh, he's done a little bit of everything. I like him because, one, he's most, one of the most charismatic kids we've ever had. Um, he is working on some of those huge panels that instead of green screens, now they're acting in front of these panels that look realistic and that you can't tell um, in editing that they're actually acting in front of a panel instead of to live talent. Mm. Um, but he's done a lot of grip work and a lot of assistant work. On the other coast, um, I've got a, a, one of our girls that graduated from NYU. She is a uh, production assistant and editor in the production house in New York City. She's come on, you know, as one of those judges. Last year I had a sound designer who's in the Burbank uh, area out in LA that's done it. Um, I've got 
We've got a, a ton in the last that are probably out of college the last four or five years that are mm-hmm. actually working, um, which in our industry, when you say working, you don't mean surviving, you're actually working and doing well. So uh, that's both east and west coast. Um, we've got a few here in town. Um, we've got one, uh, Duncan Morgan's the only name I'm going to throw out, uh, Duncan Morgan Productions. He does a whole lot of handheld camera ops. Matter of fact, he, he was uh, working on Monday Night Football, uh, so that would have been last night. Mm-hmm. Um, he handles the gyros, the jibs, the handheld, the really cool stuff that's on the field. Um, he's dealing with some high-end stuff and some high-end production stuff. That's just to name a few. Um, like I said, we've been real lucky. We've got kids that have gone to SCAD, NYU, a bunch of UT, uh, in all sorts of things, anywhere from the writing to a lot of production kids and and men and women at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy that uh, I mean it goes back to last week when we were talking about our actors and our actors and our writers and our tech theater folks. Uh, it's just it's amazing the number of, of students we have coming through the magnets that are actually working in the industries, following their dreams. We had a fun one. I'll just give you one quick story. Uh, about a year and a half ago, Ben Epstein, who is uh, a shooter. And he's an editor out in L.A. and a writer in L.A. and director now. He did a film uh, that was a passion play about Austin, the music scene. And it might have been loosely related to a relative of his. But anyway, um, he asked me for a little help on it. He asked me if we had any students down there that could help him. And he also uh, borrowed my, I had a little baby RV at the time for a green room and everything else. Anyway, we shot it down in Austin a few years ago. Last year, it was a film festival in Austin. Uh, it was one of the leadest, leading films down there. He wanted me, and I thought the coolest thing that I've heard ever from one of our alumni said, what do you think about having our students come down, watch the film, and being able to talk to them? And I started to think about it, and I was like, our, how am I going to get seven down there? And I went, our students. And I've always told them that. When you graduate, you are ours. This is our program. When you come back, it's our you know, facilities that you help build. And so the fact that he's out there directing, writing films, he's got that film's been all over the world now. Um, it, it's pretty cool that they're working, getting their names on you know, on the screens, and it had something to do with the start here. So you talk about the students working. Um, what I always think is funny is when they put you to work. You want to talk about any of your starring roles you've had in any of their films? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. The only one that I really enjoyed um, <laughs> is uh, Western that we did. And uh, it was called um, Go West. Go West. And I was supposedly the, um, the older, and yeah, it was funny when the way they wrote it up. I was the father, the former gunfighter, that had put the guns down, and then, you know, the bad guy ended up killing my son, and so I had to chase him down. And uh, the funniest part about that one was, yeah, they put me to work all right. Do you happen to know somebody that has location like that? Well, yeah, I happen to have that. Okay, so I called my buddy, and so I got us got us a place, and it was awesome. Um, so then uh, not only did I uh, location scout, I was one of the lead actors, and I was also the cookie for him, so I was cooking in between while they were setting up the different things. So, yeah, they got their money's worth out of me. Oh, they <laughs> forgot to pay me. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Gosh, thanks for reminding me about that. 
<laughs> well, if, if you're listening to this and you are one of those students, you owe Mr. Morton. That was fun, but I'll tell him, and we've had this conversation before too. Yeah, I've done several other things, but uh, a Western, they got a good script. I'll listen to it. Yeah, go for it. Absolutely. Go for it. All right, guys, we're going to do a thing that's going to be called, uh, we're going to try this out. We, we said it last week, you know, I'm new at podcasting. This is our second episode. So we're going to do a segment here. We're going to, at least this week, we're going to call it Five Questions with Dr. P. I've got five or more questions here. It's kind of my James Lipton moment. Uh, instead of asking what your favorite word is and if you were a cup of tea, what type of tea would you be? Uh, I'm going to ask you guys some questions, and I'm going to bounce back and forth, Eric. We're going to include you on this, too. All right. First question is for Brent. Uh, Mr. Borden, what was your first job? Mowing yards. Mowing yards. Me too. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I don't think about that, but yeah, true. I never okay. got paid. It and was if my you dad's say, job. If you say, so that was mowing, the first one that I was actually <laughs> the first one with a W-2. For, W-2, I was uh, not even 15, and I was a sacker at a place, uh, Warehouse Market in the, the west side of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Right on. That right was, on. That was same for me, Brookshire's in Tyler, Texas, being a sacker. There you go. All right, Mr. Archilla, what's one thing that people are generally surprised to find out about you? Um, that I grew up in Colorado. Um, okay. That's not something people typically talk about. Um, so I grew up in Vail, Colorado when I was little and just was all over the mountains and skiing all the time. And um, it's just a really special time in my childhood. Now I'm jealous. All right, Mr. Morton, back to you. Who's going to play Brent Morton in the Brent Morton story? <laughs> Good luck. Um, <laughs> hmm. Well, I've been in Texas way too long not to think about Matthew McConaughey. Um, I think uh, he or, or Sean Penn. Okay. You know what? That's fair. When I was stealing this question from the internet earlier, uh, <laughs> uh, Matthew McConaughey actually was came to my mind. I said, I bet you he's going to say Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. I mean, what guy wouldn't want to say, oh, yeah, that's me. Right? Yeah. Looks like me. Sounds like me. Wallet's as thick as mine. <laughs> yeah. No, no. No. No, it's not. No. Mr. Archilla, what's something that you're not very good at? Something I'm not very good at? Um, man, I don't know. I'm good at everything. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, there's many things I'm not good at. Uh, one is listening, apparently, from my <laughs> wife. She will tell me that often. Uh, I'm not a very good listener. But no, um, when it comes to things that I wish I was better at, I wish I could play the piano. Okay. Um, I wish I could dance. Um, I think those are two things, and I wish I was a better singer. All right. In your own words, if a director shouts, check the gate, what does that mean? <laughs> oh, that's an easy one. That means to make sure and check that you have actually recorded the last scene, and you've also checked the audio to make sure that you recorded audio. Because if you don't check the gate, you think you got it, the director says, mark that one down, and then you go back and edit, and that one's not there. That's a bad thing. Somebody's losing their job and making a very tough edit for you. Nice. And I've got to give credit to motionarray.com for that definition because I went and looked it up, and that's exactly what it means. So good. thank you for them. I thought it was a ranching thing. Check your gate. <laughs> yeah. Check the cattle. Keep them in. Yeah, that's yeah. it. All right, Mr. Archella, what's the last thing you Googled? The last thing I Googled? Like I have to pull it up right now? Yeah, pull up your phone. See, Let's right, see, what, let's it see what, it is. what it is. Come on, phone. Literally, my phone died right when you said that. That is not me avoiding the question. Literally, my phone died at that exact moment. All right. Um, so um, 
I'm thinking back to the last thing I Googled. It was where uh, Texas child neurology is because I needed to get to my son's appointment. All right. All right. Last question, Mr. Morton. What's something I should have asked you already today that I haven't asked you? Um, where did my passion for film come from? Mr. Morton, where did your passion for film come from? <laughs> I didn't say ask me. I said it should have been. Um, passion for film. I'll t okay. It came through the broadcast world, to tell you the truth. My, uh, I was very lucky at Jinx High School. I had a teacher that was absolutely amazing. If Miss Nichols is listening, um, she is the reason I do what I do. Because when I was uh, 15 years old, she came over to the Sooner Building, which is the freshman building at Jinx, and she walked in and finds me in the hallway and says, Brent, I had no idea who this teacher lady was. She said, I hear that you're very creative, and I want you to uh, work on hijinks for me. And I was totally confused. I didn't know why somebody would have chased me down. I hadn't thought. I hadn't shown anything. And because of her, um, because of her passion at what she did, that got me into the broadcast side of it. Um, so I ran the tech side of our shows, which we did a 30-minute uh, show that went out on um, Tulsa Public Cable every month. I was in charge of shooting and editing that. And uh, because of her, that sparked my interest. I knew exactly where I was going to go to college or what I was going to do in college. And it was because of her, the film side of it. Um, when I got to college and, you know, you got to do a little bit of everything, I got to do some shorts, and one of them was a Western that my film uh, one teacher had shot this Western, and he gave us all of his cuts for it and said, put, it, put the scene together the way you want to. And between those two things, here I am. What was her name? Miss Nichols, Joanne Nichols. Miss Nichols, thank you, because RHS and, and the broadcast journalism filmmaking world is a better place because of what you did. All right, so it's almost time, Brent. We're headed into the winter. It's November now. Uh, after Christmas, we're going to be talking about magnet recruitment. To bring everybody back to the discussions that Eric and I had last week, January is the time for students to really get involved in their magnet recruitment. The RHS magnets are open to any student who lives within the RISD attendance zone, whether they're in public school or private school. What are you looking for in a student that wants to be a part of the, the magnet communications program? Well, the one thing that's so great about us, we are looking for, it's all ends of the spectrum. I'm looking for writers. I'm looking for type A's, organization that are directors in the broadcast, their ADs on the film set. I'm looking for talent, both for film and narratives and broadcast. I am looking for creatives uh, that love to edit. I'm looking for creative idea people. Um, I'm looking for sports um, that is what's amazing about our program is it takes everybody to make the team that we do. It's not one certain type that does it. That's not what we do. So I'm looking for everybody. And as far as requirements to get in, we know that there are some entry requirements for students. Absolutely. But then also, if you would talk about that, but then talk about what the interview slash audition process would look like for a student when they schedule their interview. All right. So requirements. I need an 80 better in, in English and history. Um, I also need kids that I know behave well in class. Um, part of that is because the freedom, Eric said it earlier, our guys are everywhere in this building. 
Um, I can't allow kids that um, aren't doing what they're supposed to in other classes and behavior-wise to be roaming the building. So in a strange way, I am looking for those kids that are excited about being here and uh, being very respectful and everything else to everybody else. Um, what else am I looking for? Part of, if you're going to West, and this is just a West thing, I need a reel from you. Five minutes and under of your best stuff. Um, it can be cut. It can be cut into a sizzle. It can be one five-minute project. I don't need more than that, but I need your best. And part of that is is twofold. One, I want to see what you consider your best, and I also want to see what you're doing at West. Um, I know they have a new teacher over there now. I've known the three prior teachers before. Always do a great job. Um, but I need to see, you know, where they are because part of that question you asked me earlier um, I'm going to start from the beginning and teach everybody. Um, I know West has a lot of experience, a lot more than the other junior highs, but I need to see where they're, where they're from mm -hmm. so I can kind of gauge it from there. Um, everybody else, I'm not looking for the portfolio unless you'd like to give me something. Um, what I'm looking for is, is the creative side. Um, there is a part in there where you do a 30-second either narrative or commercial. I want to see something that I haven't seen before, and this is just writing it. This isn't actually shooting it, putting it together. If you want to put it together and send it to me, that's great. Um, I'm just looking for, again, story. How can you write and um, don't go and grab something on Google and copy and paste and put it on there? Because I've probably seen it, um, and uh, that doesn't help the creative side. I want to know how you write and kind of how you think. Right? right, done. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. You know, I wish this opportunities like like this had been around when I was a student. Um, I mean, this is just fantastic. Eric, any last thoughts or questions on 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 your part here before we wrap things up? Uh, I think the only thing we haven't talked about is is Brent's um, avid outdoorsmanship, but that doesn't have much to do with the magnet. <laughs> he's he's the avid camper fisherman. Oh, I love it. Are you a hunter or a gatherer? I'm a well, I love meat, but I am not the hunter. I am a fisherman. Um, I am a gatherer, and I do love, as a matter of fact, I'm going to LBJ Grasslands this weekend, which we picked a heck of a time to hike in um, and camp overnight. Um, it's supposed to be high in the low 40s, low in the upper or lower 20s. So this will be fun. Um, I do love to camp. Um, I have a, a, a small, old, old RV that I love to travel all around in. It's kind of my big hippie van. And um, if I can go somewhere where there's no reception and no power and just go off grid, it makes me very happy. So give a student a film and they'll watch it, but teach a student to film and they'll film for a lifetime. <laughs> That's right. Nice. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I love that correlation between fishing. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Love having, having all y'all in the office. Love having you here for the show. We spend a lot of time together, actually, outside of the outside of the show too, and outside of work. Absolutely. It's just always it's always nice, and it's been really fun. Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely, I appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely. All right. Well, as always, we'll see you down the road. Peace. Thank you for listening to the RHS Magnet Spotlight. For more information on our programs, please find us on the internet at www.rhsmagnet.org. You can also find us on Twitter at RHS underscore magnet.